I finished watching Shit's Creek. Yes. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, season, I started watching season six, and that's when season four of Big Mouth dropped. And so I plowed through Big Mouth, and um, now I am currently watching the Great British Baking Show. How is it? I've heard that it's good. You it's been have to, like, that I've it, always, like, wanted to watch. Yeah. It's something that, like, I don't know. I do enjoy... This is like a different baking show, like than like an Americanized, like chopped or, or master chef. Um, it is very slow and methodical, but it is also to the point. Yeah, it's slow and methodical in the stuff that like I want it to be. Like I want them to like focus on the process of making this, you know, custard pie. Um, but the thing that they don't do that the American shows does is like, and the winner of the challenge is. There's no drama. Right after these commercials. No, there's none of that. They're just like, and uh, for, last place and first place. Like, <laughs> and they're like, bye-bye. Like, see ya. Like, you're off the show. All right, get um, out of here. <laughs> it is like very British in the sense that it is like like slow mm. and like very like almost dry. But there is like those pressure points in yeah. like the show like i was just watching one where they had to make a like three tiered pie it could be savory it could be sweet it had to have a theme to it and this is i'm watching season one there's this young girl she made like a, a, a meat pie which is something that in britain i guess that's like always a thing i was just telling sarah about this i'm like the only meat pie i know is chicken pot pie no shepherd's like, pie i don't do shepherd's pie that's why i don't know shepherd's um, pie is so good yeah i don't like that um but they're, like, making, like, venison and, like, pork and, you know, beef pies. They eat weird shit. Yeah. She takes it out of the oven, and it starts leaking, like, fat. And that was, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There was one episode where a guy makes baked Alaska, which is, like, pa uh, cake with ice cream in it. It's yeah. like an ice cream cake, but it's, like, you, you basically, you put ice cream in the oven. It's also a uh, far right-wing Twitter troll. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um and why, uh, why did he have to ruin such a good dessert what a cunt he uh the guy goes takes it out of like his mold ice cream goes everywhere because he didn't make it right and he just throws it away and everyone's like no 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 and i'm like this is the most like <laughs> and yeah, i think it was like a so like i'm very much into the drama but it is very very i wouldn't say slow but like uh, methodical, meticulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I it's feel good. like that's a it's a good show to watch while doing something else, or like when you're high. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, oh man, oh. Yeah, you're like, wow, dude. And then you're so hungry. Yeah, and but it's good. Like a whole okay. pint of Ben and Jerry's. <clears throat> Have you seen season four of Big Mouth? I haven't yet. I didn't realize it dropped. I haven't had a whole bunch of time. Good. My my um my uh entertainment. Um, consumption is being constricted and changed, and so mm -hmm. I am sort of adapting to that yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, nice. a lot of podcasts, a lot yeah, of audiobooks. Um, I've been slogging—not slogging, I wouldn't say—but I've been like chewing, biting off chunks of a people's history of the United States, <laughs> and it's very interesting to listen to instead of to read. Because when like I when you read it, it reads like a textbook, which yeah. is like that's not that's not a vibe I'm often in. 
So yeah. it's been nice to listen to it and just pick up on like little sort of tidbits, like the Saucy Boys. When I tell you, I was cackling, laughing, walking around this neighborhood delivering packages because I was just thinking of just like, it just makes you think of something like like a bunch of just saucy boys, just yeah. like you know, a lot, snowballs, a lot of ascots and pointed shoes. <laughs> Saucy boys. Yeah. One of them has a restraining order yeah. against the other. Um, so yeah, I've yeah. been. Uh, I got a crush. I think tonight's probably gonna be big mile. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. Um, like adding in new characters and but keeping in old ones. Yeah. Like Coach Steve is very much prevalent, and so that's all. You really need. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's that's all we want, really. Yeah. I make I make wet and her warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Steve, you're my best friend. All right. <laughs> you do such a good impression of that. Are you being? No, I'm being dead serious. Oh. <laughs> All my other yeah, impressions are probably horrible. Um, but uh, uh, in other in other news besides Netflix, um. The book is coming along. I got you. Have five paragraphs. I have five. Five dogs died. Yes. Uh, No, it's still we're still on the same dog. (laughs) Um, that's that's as as much as I will reveal. Okay. Um, I am shopping around titles though. Okay. Still don't. I also don't know where it's going. Like it's (laughs) it will very much be stream of consciousness out of my brain. Um, and then it'll be like, go back and edit it and re- yes. re- rework it. Yeah. And I'm like, I need this plot point. I obviously know that there needs to be some sort of. Do you have like in, an umbrella idea? Do you have like a, a place you want to end or you're just, you, you're just going to see where this takes you. I like this. I'm very much like basing it off of like books. I've books. I've read. Yeah. Um, or like movies, Park but notes that I know read. that the there's the biggest thing since I want this to be a very like survivor survivorist coming of age book. It it character growth is like the only thing. Like there there isn't going to be much accomplished in terms of like real world you know things. Yeah. Um, no tangible accomplishment. Yeah, no, no tangibility there. But there will be a significant <clears throat> amount of character growth. I'm in the stages right now of like like when i have time like i spent last night like watching great british breaking baking show and like working the rest i need to develop this character i think i need to like be like okay like what are his like attributes like what are his like pitfalls that you can like yeah create situations to exactly. for him to like overcome and learn from them exactly yeah and i like a little bit of like a backstory that i need to like reveal cuz like currently our character is young, and he's in a position that no young person should be in. Um, I'm, I need to, like, figure out, like, where, how did he get to here? And I will slowly, like, reveal that through maybe, like, the, uh, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Like, writing devices where, or, like, story devices where it's, like, he's currently in a situation that has reminded him of a p- prior situation that reveals more of his backstory. Yeah. Um, is like big and again yeah i need some sort of yeah i need his inadequacies to like drive the story 
but then it also needs to be his development through those inadequacies. That's going to be like the resolution in the end. Like the third, the third, four, three fourths of the movie are probably going to be like to the wild. Like yeah, uh, the, is that, that Jack Kerouac. Yeah, that character like is in a bad situation and he ends in a bad situation, but he has character development throughout. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that story point. <clears throat> Okay, can are you willing to describe the character to me like physically? Like what he looks like? Yeah, like in your brain, what does he look like? Is um, how how old is he? Is my I'm I'm going to give him an age between like I I probably I also love the mystery behind things and like interpretations. Yeah, vague. I'm going to give him the age range between like 15 and 18. Okay. Yeah. So, so you would be like in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um is he flat? Yeah, because I think I'm again. I'm basing it in Russia. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <clears throat> no, we talked about that. Um, with, and with the Becca episode. Oh, must to note. <laughs> you definitely did. Um, <laughs> I, oh, I remember because I suggested Poland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, so I'm. Are we talking like like urban Russia, or are we talking like Siberia? Uh, he not not Siberia, like he's not in the middle of nowhere. But like, have you ever seen or read the book? Um, shoot, what was it called? Probably not. Is my answer. We right I read it in college. I read it in college or the movie. The movie has Viggo Mortensen in it. Sure, Viggo, a, a guy who's an actor. Definitely Viggo Mortensen. It's called like uh, the Road, maybe. In the road, Viggo Mortensen's character, it's, it's like post-apocalyptic America, and it's him and his son, and he's like uh, just trying to like get by. It, he, it's literally like, like I said, post-apocalyptic. He's just, he has a uh, shopping cart that he pushes around and tries to protect his son. There's like all this shit, ha there's a lot going on in the movie, um, and I kind of like that. And he does like find his way into to towns. He, you know, he there's still civilization, but it's really, really bad. It's like, like clans rural, yeah, yeah. rural clans people. He like goes into a shopping mall at one point. I think it's the road. Yeah, it's also a book. Um, uh, America's grim gray shadow of itself after catastrophe. A man and his young son wander through the post-apocalyptic world, trying to keep the dream of civilization alive. They journey towards the sea, surviving as best uh, as they can do uh, on what they can save and try to avoid roving gangs of savage humans who will turn them into slaves or worse. Fantastic. It's very bleak. It's like the whole, the movie fucking is, in the book itself, is fucking bleak. And I kind of like that, but also on like the terms of Hatchet, um, I remember Hatchet because I had to have my eighth graders in Springfield read it. Um, not yeah. in my class, but... Um, and the whole movie is, like, it's a plane crash, and the boy's just trying to survive. And the book only takes place throughout, like, two weeks. But yeah. he's, like, a 12-year-old kid, and all he has is, like, a hatchet and some, like, medical supplies from the crashed plane, and there's, like, a dead body. <laughs> and so it's him overcoming fear and, like self-confidence issues and, and all this stuff. And like, doesn't he eat bad berries and like shit himself? Yeah. He also, yeah. he, he toil in the book. He toils with the thought of eating the, 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 yeah, yeah. the captain, like the bloated yeah, yeah. carcass of the captain. Um, 
And so it's kind of that. Ooh, another fun fact is that uh, in the uh, 16th and 1700s, the uh, colonial settlers were so bad at life that they could not figure out how to find food. So there was one guy who literally killed his wife and ate her. Yeah. Fucking idiot. And, that was, and they were like, oh, that's a shame. But like, you got any more? <laughs> they were digging up corpses. Yeah. And <laughs> lunatics. They did that to also trade with the Native Americans. The Native, Native Americans who had seen Europeans before were like, we know you got gold. Go get it. And they're like, oh, fuck, we buried Mary. <laughs> She's got some rings on. And they dug her up. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, this book, I'm still like, again, I... I so, uh, your description of his character. He's what? Yeah. Um, and then, are we talking like, so he's 15, 16, is he like fully grown yet? Has he hit his growth spurt? Uh, he's, he's kind of on the scrawny, I would say he's on the scrawnier side. I've, 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 written a couple, I've written a paragraph about like, um, he's had a lot of trauma in his life. Um, but he's unaware of like the circumstances which happened. I think like, again, like he's not going to have parents. Yeah. Um, but at some point he'll like remember back to like when it all started, like why he got the situation that he's in. I don't think I wanted to make it post-apocalyptic either. I want to make it like normal, but he's in a very much like barren. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like that. Um, does he have, uh, like, has he started growing a beard yet? No. Okay. Um, does he have any scars, any visible things? I think I want to give him a limp. Okay. I like he'll, that. Like, over, he'll like overcome that. Not yeah. like, like he was like recently like injured. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. One of his misadventures. Like Matt Prescott. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <clears throat> does he wear glasses? No, I don't think so. It yeah. would be a, that would be a good plot point, but I think that's overdone. Like the he broke his, I broke my glasses. Now, yeah, like yeah, I gotta, yeah. I, that's I think that's a plot point that's been <clears> done <throat> several times. But before. survivalist, he could use his glasses to start fires. I do talk about a f- starting a fire. I do have like an, an a like idea for something like that. But yeah, I like Did again. You try I try to slip in just um, someone. I I know it's not going to be very dialogue heavy, but him didn't. Like him thinking, like we didn't start the fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Again, I don't know when I want to set it, but like I think having the it not set in a post-apocalyptic world and having it like, like having cultural references yeah, yeah, yeah. of whatever time I do want to pick, where like there could be like. Have you picked a time yet? Not really. I want to say like. Is Daddy Putin going to be in it? I want to say Cold War. I want to okay. say, like, like could be 70s. Okay. Where, like, I, I like the culture, where, like, I, I can picture him, like, being like, fuck, I got to go into town, and I know I don't like going into town because, like, people could see me and then, like, arrest me because they don't know how old I am, and I'm probably in, like, Soviet Russia. Yeah. Um. So, like, he, like, sneaks into town and, like, is, I don't know, like watching like a TV through like a shop window and like he sees like David Bowie or something. I don't know. Ooh. Do they have David? Is David Bowie in Soviet? Like, do they have <laughs> TVs and get the news? Um, yeah. It needs to be a struggle. Again, I, it needs to be a struggle fiction because I need to add in 
ideas of that. Yeah. Of like there's history behind all of this and yeah. Like, but yes, I like it's it. a backdrop, but to be like consistent with that. Um, I'm excited. Feel free to use me as a uh, consultant and or a to that or to if you need someone to edit, I'm happy to edit for you. Um, I got editors. I got you, I got Sarah. I yeah. Got <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I'm excited. That's I'm. I don't know how long this is going to take you. Oh yeah, like I said, years, man. Years. But I'm excited because it's going to be something we're going to talk about for such a long time. And then when I finally get to read it, and then I can be like, this fucking sucked, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it was not worthwhile. Your decade of work? Year two, I'm going to start asking you for loans. And you're like... (laughs) No. Hey, man, I just need to get it off the ground. Just get it off the ground. (laughs) Hey, uh, can I have a hundred bucks? I need to make one copy of the book. Yeah. All right, um, I'll, we will, you know, routinely, not maybe not every episode, but, like, we'll, still check I'll, in. We'll be checking in on it, yeah. Because yeah. it's never going to be some weeks where I'm like, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Booze Brothers. Yeah. A segment we debuted on Instagram this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the only video series that has two episodes out of all of our video series. <laughs> uh, I would say your Call of Duty clips. Yeah, but I don't have those in, like, an official Instagram series. But, um, yeah, we are going to try to start doing those a little bit more. For those of you who didn't see it, follow us on fucking Instagram, first of all. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're just doing uh, cocktails. It's just Jackson does cocktails. I'm going to try to do a couple. I don't know when that's going to happen. I have some planned for for this week. Um, Speaking of which, um, shout out. My girlfriend, Sarah, it's her birthday. I will not reveal the age, but it's this Saturday. So if you're listening to this, yes. If you're listening to this on Monday, you've already missed it. So you can retroactively text her. Um, But we are having a holiday party, small, for like just like two, two, three, four of her friends. And I'm bartender that night. So I'll be be, uh, behind the large desk. (laughs) And shaker in hand and um maybe one of them will film me and then i can sit Ooh. yeah maybe you can have like a whole just really make a meal out of it honestly yeah so i uh the first cocktail i did was something that i was like i saw on tiktok and i really wanted to do it was yeah. a maple whiskey sour really simple oh, actually it was it was good though wasn't it oh yeah real good okay. um it was it's a whiskey sour which is lemon juice whiskey uh, and bitters um, that you you never put sour mix in a no. whiskey. Um, very very good. Um, and then I added maple syrup to it. And then um, Sarah wanted a like peppermint patty martini that I looked up. Bailey's peppermint um, vodka and like a little bit of almond milk that she wanted in there to make it more like creamier. Um, real good. I was. I don't know why, but the the peppermint patty video was like, it brought me so much joy. I was laughing so hard. I watched it like five times at least. It was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think it was that you get like, you have this like window of drunk where everything you do is fucking hilarious. (laughs) And I don't know why, but like, 
it was like you caught it perfectly, and I watched it. I I think I watched it at least five times. I don't even think all the way. I, I don't even think I started drinking. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I had one. Maybe I had one. <laughs> you were you were just everything you did was funny. Everything. It was very much like I I watched it back before I sent it to you. That is my like teacher voice. Yeah. Where uh, it's like it's just I'm spewing out. But uh, and I, I I do that as a teacher. Like I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. It's just like you I, a to b, and I'm gonna get yeah. there. Uh, yeah. And it's just my own thoughts come out. And it's a lot of ums and errs, and like hold on, like I didn't mean that. And um, but when it's good, it's good. And I think I that was a good <laughs> nailed one. it, uh, nailed it. Our team. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, they're uh, always so fun. We sent we sent back and forth this time last year, um, and chat should get bang. We were sending back and forth like cocktail yeah, stuff. I think we did it right. I think it was right at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was right at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those and, were fucking funny. That was like because everyone was one upping each other, and that's like whenever you can get that going, that's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that no one could top mine, but I don't know if that's true. What was yours again? You just cracked open a beer? No, it was Nick was the one that cracked open a beer. And he's um, like a fucking bartender. Mine was the one that had cake farts in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby. Cake farts. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to reveal anything because I want to save it obviously for Instagram. Um, but I don't have a drink ready, so okay. I can't even reveal anything. I may go out and get booze today just to make something, just to do something. Yeah. I also, I bought um, Elijah Craig whiskey. That's what I was using. Yeah. It was already gone. The weekend had finished and it was gone. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I like drinking whiskey. Maybe I'll maybe try to find like a, something with tequila. I feel like drinking tequila Saturday night. Yeah. That's, uh, I always go for like just, honestly, tequila, soda, and a lime is just... Yeah. But yeah. that's not something you're gonna ever do. Yeah, but tequila so well, tequila soda and a lime is my go-to if I'm going out somewhere, because it's like asked, it's usually like five juice. bucks. I asked for lime juice instead of just see. A lime in it. I'm a degenerate, so I like that real. I like that disgusting tequila flavor. Yeah, I need to know what I'm getting into. Mm. You know, mm. <laughs> but. Stay, welcome. stay frosty on, on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Welcome fuck, to the Chunkstop Podcast. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> last week, I realized that we did it right off the bat. And then I was, like, trying to edit it. And I was like, fuck, I kind of have to, like, cut out the intro a little bit. To the song, at least. Um, so I was hmm. like, let's let's wait a little bit. But thank you guys for coming. Um, I don't know. Fucking follow, follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Twitch. I don't know. I haven't been streaming much this week. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do us rambling. Yeah. Shout out to Shannon Ahern, who we should definitely have on the podcast. But uh, last night oh, she texted yes. me and she was like, I'm listening to your podcast as I fall asleep. She was like, it's a little... It's like a little Duncan and Jackson lullaby in my ear. That's so sweet. Nice. <laughs> and also terrifying. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in my ear when I go to bed. No, I have listened to us falling asleep before. It's very strange. I can't yeah. listen to us. <clears throat> um, music happens. Yes. Sure. <clears throat> um, and that's what that podca- this podcast is about. Do we want to get 
do we want to get the uh, singles out of the way and then we can talk yeah. about some of the yeah. bigger things? Um, let's start off at a high point. Greta Van Fleet dropped two songs, a little uh, EP. God damn, does it suck. Terrible. Terrible. Um, Greta Van Fleet, like, there's the. Zero out of three. They're like the Led Zeppelin knockoff. Like, I, my father has said this five million times. If I want to listen to Led Zeppelin, I'm not going to listen to Greta Van Fleet. I'm going to listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And they are just Led Zeppelin. They have a, whatever their new song is called, it's called like The Machine or something like Age, Mach- Age Machine. It's as, quote, again, quoting my father, it is seven minutes of bullshit. <laughs> it was real bad. It's like noise, just noise. Just, and it's just, it, he, the lead singer, yes, he sounds like a young Robert Plant, but he's like just repeating the same shit over and over again for fucking seven minutes. It was bad. I'm not on Greta Van Fleet. They have two good songs off their very first album. And again, if I want to listen to Led Zeppelin, I'll listen to Led Zeppelin. There are certain bands that it's like, why are you guys trying to just do your own thing? Just be original. Yeah. It's yeah. not that hard. It's it, not it, that like they, they very much should have just been a flash, uh, flash in the pan band. Yeah. We're like, oh, it's Led Zeppelin in 2019. Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, like we're done here. Like, that's it. Like, I don't want to see them ever again. I do feel like some of that has to do with, like, and I find living in Nashville, it's that so many bands have to come up by being cover bands that I feel like some sometimes it's, it's difficult to just put forth original work. Yeah, we are in an age where I feel like... I, I feel like we're in an age where there's both so much, like untouched music in the sense that like there's still so many people coming up with crazy new ideas and melodies and beats and whatever there is but then there are people like a Greta Van Fleet where it's kind of like I think they have stalled out like yeah. that band has just been like there's too much music out in the world where I would be copying someone if yeah. I tried to you know do my own thing yeah yeah I think there's like a story that it's fucking like most rock songs that have come out post like 2005 are just a ripoff of a captain beefheart song yeah because i guess captain beefheart has like literally has made every single riff known to man or something yeah. like that yeah and so watch out start, for the yellow snow yeah no watch there's out just, for the huskies go don't you eat that yellow snow yeah there's just <laughs> always like a captain beefheart like uh motif somewhere in all new rock songs and yeah everything. he's the father of everything he's daddy he's the original daddy Exactly. I, I will never get that before Daddy Bezos was Daddy. He, I'll never get his album cover with the fish with the top hat and the mustache out of my head. That's like an all-time awesome album cover. It's beautiful. I gotta. That's. I gotta dig into some Captain Beefheart. Oh yeah. Be this I've week. been down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um. You, any? You have any singles or Wu Tang Clan? Yeah. No fuck with. Uh. I think it's credited to Wu-Tang, but I think it's technically just features of Wu-Tang. Um, but it, I think is, if I remember correctly, Raekwon and the RZA, which is like, I mean, those are two of the OGs, OGs. So I'm never going to complain about, you know, that kind of thing, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Texas and Wu-Tang clan. I don't know who Texas is, but Eco Texas. I wish, dude. Mm-hmm. That would be unreal. But yeah, it was a pretty good song. It was nothing like crazy, but it was just nice to hear the Wu-Tang Clan. 
yeah. it's always nice to hear fresh oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, that's one of the albums I've been rocking into the 36 chambers. Um, Jack Harlow dropped a single. Yeah. Um, with the eh. Big Sean, right? Yeah, very yeah. eh. It was eh. 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 I don't know if I like Jack Harlow or not. He's got that song that always plays in the buggy yeah. in Warzone. And I think that's that's as far as I'll go. Yeah. That's what I was like, that's that is a good song. It's got Warzone needs to drop a new fucking thing. They are. My my man. I it was supposed to be tomorrow, but it's now the sixteenth. They're already like going nutso with the amount of things that are gonna come out. There will be what I think they're called like war tracks. They're yeah. already going to come out with some like, but like some eighties ones Ooh. for Warzone because of Cold War. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I might switch my War Tracks to the dubstep one. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of out on Jack Harlow at the moment. He had that like flash in the pan, but I haven't been overly impressed. Um. Little baby had Urbuddy a single drop. Um. This past Friday. It was it was good for little baby. I did enjoy myself listening to it. I think I put it on like two times in a like an, a rotation where I spent like an hour and a half like putting up like cellophane on my windows to keep the heat in. And yeah, I, but that song came on twice, and I like didn't go like oh fuck little baby again. Let me turn this off. I was like yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm not the biggest little baby fan. I think I've you, said it before, but neither am I. But if he's thrown in rotation, I'm like all right, okay, right fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go out of my way to change it. Were there any other singles? I don't think there were many other singles. Um, the Run the Jewel. <coughs> yeah. Technically yep, a single. Yep, yep. So Run the Jewel. We can also talk about this. Run the Jewel. I forget what song it was. But it was off RTJ4. And it was just a remix now with uh, Royal Blood. And Royal Blood is a really cool... Um, a really cool two-part band. The Ground Below off of uh, RTJ4. Um, so the Royal Blood is British and they only have two people, but they sound like there's like fucking like 10 of them because of how like heavy and like saturated and big the sound is. It's literally the front man who plays just the bass and then the drummer. I love that. So it's like the black, if the black keys, the front guy played bass instead of guitar and was like not good. At either of them um, <laughs> he, so i like looked into his sound he plays um when he re they recorded their first album a couple years ago he was like i only want to play bass i want heavy heavy sound so he put his bass through a couple different pedals and then when he recorded basically one bass into two pedals that split the sound one making it sound like a guitar and one making it sound like a bass and he could flip on and off the guitar sound so really, in most of their original songs, their their earlier ones, you only hear the bass like all the time, and every once in a while, a like higher pitched, still heavy R sound comes in. But it's because he can flip on and off. And if you notice, like the rips, there's never a time where it's just like, oh, just the guitar is playing this one thing. Guitar and bass always play the same thing because again, he's just playing one instrument and splitting the sound into two yeah. octaves. That's cool. very interesting. Okay, so this is gonna be. <clears throat> My brain just went. So you were, we were talking about Run the Jewels, which made me think of cyberpunk, which made me think of the when I said that I would get the uh, Prince Charles piercing in cyberpunk. It's actually the Prince Albert piercing. Oh, yeah. Which 
Um, reminded me, someone told me to ask you about a football coach you had named Prince Albert. Me? Yes. I had an ex-WWE wrestler. He was your football coach for like two weeks. He had some- oh! <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yes, he was when um like the like the original coach, Coach Bouchard, left, and we got like uh, I will say a shithead of a coach. Yeah. And he just, he had been coaching for a long time and had massed like a bunch of different things. Yeah, we had a, he was in the W fucking W, W-E <laughs> for like a hot minute. What was his name again? Prince Albert, I think was his What's name. His real name? In, I don't know. No, dude, fuck. What is his real name? <laughs> yeah, and like, I remember being like, that's fucking awesome. Hold on. Uh, Prince Albert. Uh, WWE. Matt Boom. Oh, no, Matt Bloom. Matt Bloom. Matt Bloom. Yeah, dude. I remember this guy, and he always, he still had, like, the, the same goatee. Hold on, let me share, let me share the screen. Um, dude, oh, my God, to send me back. That was a repressed memory, because I didn't enjoy playing. Holy shit. Yeah. This that guy is also the nicest guy in the world. Like, really? Really, really nice. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. What a what an incredible facial hair array, as well as absolutely preposterous tribal tattoos. Yeah. No, I did so I didn't know about the tribal tattoos. No, I don't no, they're fake, dude. That's right. Because he oh. didn't have tattoos when I was they were fake. Because remember he did take dude, his shirt the, off. That time. guy in that last picture, the guy on the right, looks like the nicest man alive. Oh, yeah, he's he's such a nice guy. He is a really good guy. Like, but I remember that. And he also, like, really didn't do anything. Yeah. He, like, was just, like, there. And we're like, oh, shit, like, you got a wrestling coach. He's a wrestler. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, like, said, like, two words to him. Because I was like, I don't know. I wasn't a fucking fat lineman. Um, <laughs> so I, like, I just never. So, him him and that who told you to ask about that? Uh, Connor O'Grady. I was talking to Connor O'Grady. Oh my god, dude! That Connor, shout out because that Connor Connor has asked to be on the uh, our President's Day episode. Okay. I don't know why, but he was very specific about that. So yeah. look look for our President's Day episode with the one and only Smell Grady. Yeah. Word. Um. Wow. That sent me back, dude. Yeah. That sent me back. There's also, we also, I also had coaches that were like, you could also be a WWE wrestler. Like, there was this big Viking looking guy um, who I like continue to see later in my life, like outside of <laughs> me being like 16. I see him all the time because his two kids are younger than me and they would play college, um, play college lacrosse. And I would like just see him randomly. Like, I, I think I was like at uh, my, the high school I coached lacrosse at and he was just like there. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, I got, he goes, my, my nephew is uh, playing over there. And he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm a coach. He's like, wow. wow. And I'm like, get out of my life, dude. I saw him at the ball one time. This is, oh, yeah. Sometimes, like, those people you just can't shake. 
Yeah. <laughs> they just always good. show up. Like, oh, that's that's funny. He yeah. also had a 69 tattoo on his shoulder because he, he played college football. He was 69. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, for me, who never played football, the the football coaches of Georgetown High School always seemed like this, like, wild, far away. Like, I, I don't know that I could tell you, like, any of them. Yeah. They were just all people that only showed up for football practice, and no one knew them except the football players. There, I mean, when I think about it, like, like honestly, the my original football coach when I first started playing at high school, and the original lacrosse coach, same guy. I don't know what his job was. Like, it couldn't have been coaching small town, no, freaky thing, Georgetown football and lacrosse. No, it had to have been something else, and I still don't to this day don't know what it was. I just. Uh, the shithead coach was a co- was a cop. Blue lives um, matter, baby. Um, I don't know. Matt Bloom. That w- I knew what his job was. <laughs> his job was being fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back to music. Yeah. Um, back to music. Holy shit. Yeah. That was. I just. I wanted to talk you through the way my brain got to that point because it was quite a leap from you know the, the jewels. Um, White Stripes' greatest album. Yes, it's it's. I know the White Stripes. My, are my never, neighbor, Jack yeah. White. I know the White Stripes are probably never going to get back together, so it makes sense. But it's also like Jack White probably has more songs. Just that hold on, more songs in his own under his own belt that he's written or played with the Rack and Tours or with the Dead Weathers than any than like the number yeah. of white stripe songs yes but i guess the white stripes are a little bit more iconic yes um so the i didn't i woke up that day and i saw your tweet and then i didn't like really put it together but then i i hopped in my my little amazon prime van and i was like boobity 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 and they were doing the radio station that i had it on was doing a like white stripe special day and so they were just playing only like white stripes greatest yeah. hit and i was just in heaven it was just like the whole day of just like Bang. icky Bang. thump Bang. yeah yeah um i mean the white stripes are good and again look i think we've talked about jack white uh forever ago maybe but um like he's he's keeping um old music alive yeah like recording straight to vinyl and like yeah. the car noises he can make and whatnot so it's it's good um, he is like that video of him playing the fucking uh, glass bottle guitar yeah. is like th- just an epitome of he's such a cool fucking guy. Oh, yeah. I but hope cool. I hope, he's one of those guys that's like he's like a Johnny Depp where you're yeah. like, Johnny Depp's really cool, but I know he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to accidentally run into him one time while I'm in Nashville. And then I can move. I think he would be very easy to pick out of a crowd based on. I think like, he would too. Usually, what he wears, like he wears like the <laughs> the the hat, and he's he's got three four piece suit on. Also, okay, so here's, here's a wild like only in Nashville kind of story. Is my roommate Dylan? Did he come? He was just doing his job at Bar Taco the other day. Marcus King came in from the Marcus King band. Yeah, who is also a huge fan of your mom's house and was on your mom's house. And so him and Dylan like became friends and he was like, yo, 
like, here's two tickets. I like, I have a sold out show tomorrow. Here's two tickets. And then I'm going to give you passes to come backstage and hang with us afterwards. So Dylan went backstage and like hung out with them, drank with them, became super good friends with Marcus King's girlfriend. And currently they swapped glasses and never gave them back. And Dylan's just wearing his girlfriend's glasses. What the fuck? Because they had the same, they have the same prescription. And then they just went out of town immediately afterwards. So Dylan get just, Marcus King on the podcast? That's like, I'm like, if I ever meet him, I'm absolutely going to be like. And hey. we slowly start to get in touch with your mom's house? Yes, yes. And then eventually we are under your mom's house studios. Yeah. Yeah. But we are looking at weird butthole videos. Yeah. I mean, I'm already doing that. Yeah. We're just preparing or like we're practicing. Yeah. 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 It's warm ups, warm ups. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Um, But yeah, no, I was like, just like a wild Nash, only a Nashville story. Yeah. That is bananas, dude. Yeah. I will say the glasses look really good on Dylan. Oh, good. I told him he should get a pair. I'm glad. Um, So uh, last but not least, very near and dear to my heart. The Arctic Monkeys finally dropped their live at the uh, Royal Albert Hall um, album. The Prince the, Albert Hall? The Prince Albert Hall. Um, and uh, it is magnificent. I know you listened to it. Yeah. Um, them live is kind of the same. I saw them live once. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are not the biggest showman. I think the lead singer, Alex Turner, is slowly making his way into being like, this is the last album that they put out, um, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. He's becoming like a very like seventies like lounge lizard type of guy in the way he dresses and like he like skulk now he like skulks around like the the stage and he does put on a show. But before it was just them standing in a like oasis, just standing in one spot, just playing. Um, but the music is like top notch when it comes to being live. Like yeah. their live music sounds like them in the studio. Like it's. It's like pitch perfect. It's. I also just love the the effect of releasing a, a really good live album mm-hmm. and having like the crowd noise and stuff is yes. fucking awesome. Like that. Like when you hit that first fucking like note and the crowd immediately knows what it is and they just go bananas. Like oh, that's yeah. something and- that is not. There's nothing else that can compare to that. Even as like a listener who's not there. Yeah, the monkeys have a really good fan base. Um, and there are certain songs that, like, you hear, like, even, like, them getting into the song. Yeah. Like, like they uh, for um, a song like 505, um, it's one of, the, like, the fan favorite ones. They have, like, this, um, like, reedy, like, electronic organ that like, just hits, like, the note and just kind of stays there for a little bit. And everyone else, like, tunes their guitars and gets ready. But people lose their shit when they hear that little, like, organ chord come in they're like oh shit they all they're all singing along to it uh there's a song that i'm glad they brought this back not brought it back i probably do it a bunch of times but the monkey's first big hit that like made them big was um i bet you look good on the dance floor yeah in their first tv performance they like get in front of the microphone and alex turner goes uh we are the arctic monkeys and this is i bet you look good on the dance floor don't believe the hype and then they like rip into it and they say that in the, this live album and you can like if you have ever seen that first like tv clip i think it's on like jules holland live like the yeah. uk like tv show 
the Alex Turner's voice is so like young and like uh, in like puberty ish because he's literally like seventeen singing it. And now Alex Turner, who's like thirty something years old and's got this like low sultry voice, still goes like, "Where are the optic monkeys? Don't believe the hype." And then he like rips into it and everything. I was like, as long as a fan of has as I've been since like two thousand eight. Yeah, like th- that was like very nice to like yeah. see. Um, I don't have much else for music. I did listen to most of the Static Select album. Yeah. Um, oh, hold so- on, I'm not done with our monkeys. Sorry. Okay. Oh, geez. Right. My bad. Sorry. Uh, I do want to just dissect a like a song. I this makes this little thing I want to do with you makes me think that you could get into the Arctic Monkeys a little bit more because yeah. Tur- Alex Turner's songwriting ability is up there with like obviously i'm gonna say someone like absol or like a basically a, like a, a well-versed hip-hop person yeah, yeah, yeah. because of his description and his winding like yeah. lyricism and everything so i want to read you just one of like the more recent songs that they have that is like this winding like storytelling of like a verse okay so this is off their last album tranquility based hotel and casino called star treatment starts off I just wanted to be one of the strokes. Now look at the mess you've made me make. Hitchhike hiking with a monogrammed suitcase miles away from any half-used imaginary highway. I'm a big name in deep space, but ask your mates. But golden boys in bad shape. I found out the hard way that there ain't no place for dolls like you and me. Everybody's on a barge floating down an endless stream of great TVs, 1984, 2019. Maybe I was a little too wild in the 70s. Rocket ship greased down the cracks of my knuckles. Karate bandana, warp speed chic, hair down to there, impressive mustache. Love came in a bottle with a twist-off cap. Let's all have a swig and do a hot lap. I like it. I like it. He's got, Uh, like, all those songs where he's, like... It reminds me almost a little bit of Beck on Midnight Vultures. Yes. Where it's just kind of these, like, way out there sort of, like, comparisons and, like, Mm -hmm. phrases and stuff where you're just like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, he, like, there's, like, somewhere in here where he... I don't know if it's this one, but he references, like, Bruce Wayne and, like, like being kicked in the head. Um, That... Uh, yeah, there's just, there's just, like, so much to it. Like, him, like, describing just a small little, like, like the rocket ship grease down to the cracks of my knuckles. I can only assume the rocket ship is his dick, and the grease going down his knuckles is jizz. Okay, I like that. Karate bandana. There's this other, like, like, his lyricism is so, like, it's been it's it's now at the point where he literally could say anything and it's just gonna like yep fuck yeah whatever okay so this you bringing up this is again a tangent but you bringing up bruce wayne made me think of something so there's a subreddit i forget exactly what it's called but i sent you one the other day and it's basically two people like it's like who would win so, like, the one I sent you was the penguins of Madagascar have 72 hours and the U.S. military budget to find Osama bin Laden. What would you it's, repeat it? It's called Who Would Win. Oh. The penguins of Madagascar have 72 hours and the U.S. military budget to find Osama bin Laden. Could they like, do, do it? Do they do it? Yeah, and it's like people give these really detailed breakdowns yeah. of the question. So one of them was... 
if Batman had a tortoise and he was in LA and there was, it was a zombie apocalypse and he had to get from LA to New York because the tortoise had like some sort of something like the the tortoise was used to the, like make the vaccine for the zombies. Could Batman get from LA to, to New York on foot on foot. Can he pick up the tortoise? He can, he has to either have it on his back or have it walking next to him. Yes. Okay. That that's like an episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, it is pretty much. Like almost exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Except the tortoise doesn't have special powers. No, not that we know of. Not um, that we know of. But yeah, so I. Yeah. Uh, that's just I had a little teaser. It's something I think we should get into a little bit more, of like, but that's something we'd have to actually prep for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Static Selecta. Static Selecta. Pretty good album. Nothing great. I mean, it's a it's a producer album, so it just had like a ton of features. But uh, like I said last week, I mean, my favorite song was probably "Play Around." It's Conway the Machine and yeah. Two Chains. No, that was a badass one. Heater. Um, Watch Me featuring Joey Badass was pretty good. Nothing wild. Just, I mean, you brought it up last week. I had missed it, so yeah, I think I think I, I only listened to those two yeah. songs: the play around and the watch me one. But they were really good. Yeah, um, the one with Dave East and Method Man was pretty good. Nothing crazy, but the Black Thought is always whenever I see. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole bunch else for fucking the music. Yeah, there's not a whole bunch. I've been listening to. So I've been going back through because I've had just so much time. I've been going back through like full albums, yeah. and the two that I or the three that I settled on as being like, holy shit, I kind of forgot about these. Were Blueprint Three mm-hmm. is very fucking good. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So just like songs that like you don't hear that much these days, but like were absolute heaters yeah. back then. Yeah, and still now. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Jesus is still so fucking good, dude. Black Skinhead gets me going. There's like a couple of songs that just that get the blood pumping. And there's some two on that one. Yes, yes, that's the that's the final song. And then um, there's a couple ones that people don't think of. Um that were just like absolutely incredible. Like, um, I mean like hold my liquor with fucking chief Keith. Uh, classic song. What's the one is, doesn't he go like you go watch me or something like that. Is that the hold my liquor? I think so. Maybe. But then like on site is very good. That's what I'm thinking of on site. New slaves is great. Um, send it up. Like yeah, all no, these, just I remember. I have a memory. This this is how much I do love Kanye. I have a memory with that specific album, like I do with the other ones. I'm in the Prescott's barn working out with none other than Joe Kelly, for some reason. I don't know why I was working out with Joe Kelly. Um, and we're he's he was blasting it, and then gave me the uh, a burned copy of Jesus on CD. Beautiful. Yeah. The other one is. That- I've been rocking quite a bit is watch the throne. Mm-hmm. That's something that I like, kind of forgot about, but that was such a good fucking album. Oh yeah. 
like illest motherfucker alive, prime time. Why I love you. Yeah, that's that my bitch. Awesome. And like, I I was listening back through and I realized that like that was the period where and I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I know I said it in high school is that Kanye, when he was like at that phase in his rapping, he would pick certain themes that he would always go back to. Yeah. So like one of them was like threesomes, like he referenced threesomes so much in um, what do you call it in? I believe 808s and in graduation he continually talks about a blonde dyke yeah yeah yeah. just like all the time yeah but then um and then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and a little bit of um maybe it's jesus i think it might it might be it's either jesus or watch the throne he always talks about like mary yeah that's that's like that's the number one dark twisted fantasy and then he ended up actually doing it yeah um, but the one, uh, fuck, what, where was I going with that? Talking about what you've been recently listening to. Yeah, but there was something about his themes. Oh, no, no, no. Just one line that always sticks out to me that I love is whenever rappers bring up Johnny Cochran. Yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason, I all, like it, it happens every once in a while. And whenever I hear it, I love it. And so Kanye has a line where he says um, something about she got more off than Johnny Cochran. And I was like, ha, 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 that's a good one. Yeah. She got more fellas off than Johnny Cochran. I'm trying to remember exactly where that is in the song. It's, the early, song- it's early in one of the Yeezus songs. Is it Black Skinhead? I think it might be, it's either on site or I am a god, I think. I can't hold my liquor. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, uh, just, I love Johnny Cochran references. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, and also the irony of him referencing Johnny Cochran and then marrying a Kardashian, not yeah. lost upon me. No. Um, I, I, I just got back today, got back into Radiohead for a little bit. Hell yeah. So I'm about to be depressed. Yeah. Woo. Depression. All right. Um, Mando top or top five? Top five. We're, top we five. always end with Mando. Top five. Okay. All right, folks. It's the holiday spirit is within me. It has penetrated my body and my butt. So let us do top five. Oh, it says it's supposed to snow soon. Um, speaking of Christmas Day, um, top five Xmas songs. Duncan, top five Christmas songs. Can I get a clarification on these? I prepared both ways, but do these have to be a song you would play at like a family thing? Or just be anything that involves themes of Christmas? I, I wrote down a couple that I was like, I enjoy listening to these. And it actually, like some of them, I listened to them. Not even during Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. So that didn't really answer my question. Um, we'll take that as as you will. Like okay. I would put these okay. on during a party, or I would put them on when I'm driving alone, or I would put them on like okay. 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 in okay. June. Okay. Okay. You want to start? Yes. My number five. The twelve days of Christmas 
by Gucci Mane. <laughs> I knew you were going to go with that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Does he change it up at all? Does he go like 12 Glocks of got me no. arrested? It's just, yeah, he does. Yes, 100%. Does he, so he changes the lyrics. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's, and then he like really goes off on tangents. I think the very first one, let me see if actually I can find it. But the very first one is um, on the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. And then I think it, he says like a brick to go distribute to the hood or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Um, hold on. Please hold. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a half of a brick told me feed my family. Ah, yes. <laughs> Bars. Keep <laughs> <laughs> my family. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, well, it's my, it's in my honorable mention. I guess I'll just talk about it now. Gucci has a whole Christmas album. He has multiple. Multiple. Yes, I'm sorry, multiple. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, my number five is "Blue Christmas" by Elvis. I don't know okay. what it is, but I do enjoy. Uh, hearing Elvis like cry about Christmas. Yes. How he says blue is like very like erotic to me. Yeah. It's a kink how he says like blue. It, yeah, it's like you hear the it's like um it's like you the hear the color note. It's like the brown yeah, note, yeah. except it just sends blood rushing directly to my member. Yeah. No, I love I I I and I don't know why. That's just like in my head, that's a classic one. Yeah. Um, my number four is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, as wow. performed by DMX. Yeah, that's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> is the DMX. Oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And a very shiny nose. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever saw it, saw it. you even say it called Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> And <laughs> words. Yeah. Um, yeah. Word we can't say on this podcast. Can we, can we uh clarify what so he was like at a radio I know he was at like a radio station. Yeah. And I remember the video, he's like standing up. Like it seems like he yeah. like he it almost seems like he ran in and accosted the radio host and was like, I'm singing Rudolph right now. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm on crack, I'm singing Rudolph. Yeah. No, I don't know what the situation was, but I do know that I found a version in which someone like made a whole remix to it. Yeah, I yeah. know that. I think you said he showed it to me. Yeah, I played it on uh, Xbox the other day. Um, very festive. Um, my number four is "Merry Christmas, Baby" by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, it's a live version, and just to hear the boss go like "Merry Christmas, Baby," it's awesome. yes, fantastic. It, I like, almost. It's a good song. I debated the, um, what's the other one he has? Well, he does, um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. I debated putting that on there. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is I will say you and I have a very unique perspective to Christmas songs because we sold Christmas trees. Yes. And we had to just, it was just beaten into our brain. Yeah. Like, so like there's certain songs, songs I either hate certain christmas songs or i love them yes so there are like the classic ones there is a, like 
honestly, like on my honorable mentions, I do have anything by Bing Crosby, but those songs also annoy me because it's like, that's like, like the, I don't know, they're the Christmas songs that are like always played because they're like the classics that are the ones made in like the fucking thirties. Yeah. Those are the ones that I'm like real sour on. So I need to find the New DMX song. version. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to find the Bruce Springsteen version <laughs> of songs yeah. or, or whatnot. So, um, and the, the next ones are all like those niche, very like unique yeah. versions. So your number three. My number three is the, I'm going back to the well. The Saint Brick intro. Oh, dude, that was one. Of, that was on my honorable mentions, at least. Um, I can switch it up. No, 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 it's fine. What okay. does he say at the beginning? It's like the jingle bells, and it's like an igloo for my snow, or something like that. It's like some weird robotic, like. Um, let me find it because I the these are ones where Duncan. I'm going to read the lyrics from these. Yeah. Um. Well, we have already in previous uh, previous Christmas. One hundred percent. We read have. the lyrics to this. Song. Yeah. Um. Fucking A, dude. Gucci has too many albums. I have to, like, go way back through it. St. Brick intro. A igloo full of snow and a white stove. House full of naked hoes snort and blow. No. Does he talk about, like, having, like, your mom's, like, your mom suck his dick or something? Something like that. Santa Claus of the hood. I pull up with the work. I just love that he, he calls himself the East Atlanta Santa. Yeah. I'm just trapping through the snow, selling yes. nine half a bricks for ways. Over the hills we go, got an extendo and an AK. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> that's going that's on. What, that's like big time holiday vibes. Yes. Yeah. An igloo for the stove and a white stove. Um, all time. St. Break, that's like also like I could barely get through the rest of that album, but that St. Break intro was amazing. Yeah, exquisite with like the jingle bells behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number three is White Christmas, but specifically by the Drifters. This okay. is the one that starts off, and then there's like the high pitched voice that comes in, like the dreaming. I like that. I like the weirdness behind it. Any any weirdness is yeah. is good with me. I think it was also in Home Alone, which is like one of my favorite Christmas movies. Okay. We almost it, did top Christmas movies, yeah. but I, I don't think I could come up with enough Christmas movies. Really? Dude, that's, I mean, right now me and Sarah are in like a binge of like, we're about to watch the Santa Claus 3 because two nights ago. Yo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I have to find this song. This is going in my top five. I don't know how I didn't think of this. <laughs> What is the song called? What was the Christmas movie that had Ludacris in it? Fred Claus. And he was a he was a he was an elf. Yeah. He superimposed his face onto a small person. No. He, he does play like a wrapped Christmas song. Yeah, I can't find it. I think it's I think it's like in the credits. It it is. So you have Fred Claus. You can have Fred Claus as your favorite Christmas movie because <laughs> Ludacris is in it. God damn it. I'm going to have to fucking find this. I'm going to have to search this. Do you want my number two? Yes. My number two is Jingle Bell Rock. By who? Just the standard Jingle standard. Bell Rock. Mm. It's the only one out of all of the Christmas songs that I just like the standard version. Yeah. 
I would say the Chuck Berry one is better. Yeah. But there's also one that's like sung by like a woman. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is okay. My number two is Last Christmas, originally by Wham, but more recently re- uh, redone by a very emo band, Pale Wave. So I love if you that. like if you like your Christmas colors to be white and black and black lipstick and um, feel bad about themselves, listen to the Pale Wave version of Last Christmas. It's very good. I can recall I was listening to it um, in grad school, blasting out of my headphones, and everyone was staring at me like, dude, why are you blasting Last Christmas? And I'm like, because it's a good fucking song. <laughs> We're almost here. We're almost here. I'm going to find this. this. This better be good, Duncan, because you have your number Dude, I, I legitimately used to listen to this all the time. It's so is this going to be your number one? Oh, it... No, because I actually have a different number one. This is going to be in place of my number two. My number two is actually just a throwaway. Okay. <laughs> it's not on fucking Apple Music. Okay. YouTube. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Oh yeah. He's on the verge of saying something like inappropriate, like this is a big booty hoe. Yeah. But he doesn't. He says He's like, like in two right fat there. golden wreaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that song is in a heater. Should go on every Christmas playlist. Yeah. If it's on Spotify, which it isn't. Yeah, I, it's not on Apple Music. Uh, we don't know Spotify to be determined. My number one Jeez. is Santa Lost a Ho by the Christmas Jug Band. <laughs> Santa Lost a Ho. He used to go ho, ho, ho. Now he only goes ho, ho. Uh-oh. Santa lost a hoe. Love it. The, the refrain. Oh, my God. That is that, beautiful. I need to yeah. find that. It's on Apple Music, so it has to be on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, oh. my God. That was What's one the band like, name? Christmas Jug Band? Christmas Jug Band. Beautiful. They have, I think, precisely one album. <laughs> that's all they need, man. Yep. No, one, that's, one thing to shock the world. That's a, that's a deep cut that my dad found way back in the day. And that was on every Christmas podcast. <laughs> Love it. Uh, my number one isn't as spectacular as Santa Lost the <laughs> But it's uh, by The Waitresses, Christmas Rapping. The one that's just like... It's like every Christmas movie where a woman is going to a mall to get like the last minute Christmas gift. And like yeah. it's packed and it's all over the place. That song usually plays. And it's pretty fast. Like the first lyrics are like "Bah humbug," and that 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 that. Christmas is my favorite time of year. 
that is that's a song that I was listening to back in like like June. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one by the Waitresses. That's like a little like that's a deep cut. Like eighties band called the Waitresses, and their best yeah. song is Christmas Rapping. Yeah. That's yeah. Love it. Uh, I have two honorable mentions. Yep. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. By Michael, by Michael Jackson. That's a good one. Mine's the with Dolly Parton version. Oh. Yeah. That Nashville twang. Um, I had DMX. I had Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, I had Anything by Bing Crosby. I also had Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Okay. Yep. Hot take. I like that song. Everyone hates it. I don't like that song because I can vividly remember me doing like stupid voice and singing along with it while selling Christmas trees every time it came on because it made me so angry. It does come on a lot. If you listen to the like Christmas radio, it's like I would say every third commercial break it comes on. It's preposterous. I do enjoy it. My last honorable mention is Run Rudolph Run. Run Run Rudolph. Santa's gonna make it now. I believe that's Santa. Chuck Berry. Santa make him put he can take freeway down. Yeah. 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 Um, Basically, yes. the moral of the story is we just like any Christmas song that is done by someone who shouldn't be doing Christmas yeah. songs. Yeah. yeah. I probably will find like some sort of hardcore band that has done, I don't yeah. know, like Dominic the Donkey. Yeah. Which is a shitty song. Dude, imagine like a punk rock version of Dominic the Donkey. I also. To let let the record uh, show, Frosty the Snowman as a song sucks ass. Yeah. I hate Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman overall is just stupid. Dumbass. And like, like, Silent Night, fuck that shit. Do you enjoy, what is that, the Siberian Orchestra? Like the heavy metal one, do you like that? Yes. Yes. As okay, soon as, I, it, uh, the, uh, I think it just goes back to the point I made about like, any original version of it sucks massive dick. Yeah. But as soon as you put some twist on it, mm-hmm. like I'm sure if like Gucci Mane did a Silent Night remix or like I would be over the he's moon. Like, he's like a little like the like a choir boy with a candle. Yeah. Yeah. What about what's the other one? The little drummer boy? Silent Night. Shoot yeah. on sight. Yeah. Yeah. Gucci. Scoochie. Um, Zone six. Are we ready for uh, Mando? Yeah, Dunkalorian. The, so the Mando Dunkalorian. This is this is big news now. You actually watched the entire episode. I know. I think this oh. is the this is the first time. The only other time I watched a full episode was the time that I accidentally watched season one episode one yeah. instead of watching the actual episode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think we can also get through this a little bit quicker if um. Like, you were rehashing, and while, like, you rehash, I'll stop you and tell you, like, what that means or anything. Since before, it was, like, you told me the last 15 minutes, and I had to catch their audience back up and everything. So, if you would like to begin um, on the opening credit roll, and then take it away. Uh, I hope I'm correct, but, yeah, I believe that the very first thing is they're in the ship and they appear to just be floating through space. Like kind of just nothing is happening. And Mando Mm -hmm. has uh, baby Yoda do the, uh, the ball trick again. Yeah. And like, then he gets, he gets very upset for some reason. I don't really understand that. 
Um, but then he's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm not mad at you, Baby Yoda. Yeah. And then Baby Yoda's like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. So I, that, I think that whole scene was just to set up how um, Mando is, like, truly, like, Baby Yoda's dad. Like, he yeah. get, he's, like, he's, like, he's playing catch with him, and Baby Yoda, for the first time, like, throws yeah. the ball the right way. Yeah. He's, like, take, he's, like, that's his new, like, party trick. He also really likes saying his name, Grogu. He's going, yeah. Grogu, and Baby Yoda will look up and be like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I love that shit. It's like when you have, like, a cat or a dog, and you just know that every time you say their name, they'll look at you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll try to do it right now. Rosie! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see it, but I believe you. Um, yes, and he gets upset. Um, I believe. Well, there's also like undertones where I think Baby Yoda is like afraid that like he he can understand what's going on and he needs to like reach out to the Force when he, they land on this planet. And so I think Baby Yoda's a little scared, and I think Mando is too to be like, yeah. just I don't know the unknown of what's going to happen. But there is that little first part where it's like. Mando just is like a happy dad playing catch with his son. Yeah. Um, then they land on the planet and they like, uh, Mando's like, oh shit, like we can't land right on the top. And yeah, the whole world's like, no shit, dum dum. Very, and- very strange on how quick we like get to that point because it was just like the other episode ago, they're like, go to Typhon, which yeah. is the planet that they're on, go to Typhon. I was expecting it to be a filler episode this past week for it to be because it's like there's no way like he's got to reach out to the force next episode and then they fucking did and then not only is it like don't they don't have to travel at all to the, no. the mountain it's like two two minutes in we're there yeah it, I did appreciate that though because yes. like we're at the point in the season where it's like don't give me filler yeah episode six in an eight episode season is like yeah we're getting the, the you gotta rate. give me something yeah um and so then. Baby Yoda sits on the rock and he's just kind of like sitting there and Mando's like, okay, fucking do something. And then Mando sees a plane fly in and he's like, uh-ohs. And then he's like, all right, Baby Yoda, you do you, boo. And then he like goes to find out what's going on. Um, and he's like, he's basically just like, hurry the fuck up the whole time. So and then he places ba- him on this and yeah, Baby Yoda then after like Mando leaves... Then we see that, like, force field come up. Yeah, like, Baby Yoda just kind of, like, tips over and puts his hand on the rock, and then all of a sudden there's, like, this yeah. wild force field. I believe <clears throat> that's the first time in live action, or kind of any medium of Star Wars, where, like, we saw, like, like that is, like, supposedly supposed to be the force. I've never seen, like, besides... Oh, a like, tangible representation of exactly, the force. Exactly, the yeah. physical force. So that was a little weird when I saw that, but... The plane, the ship that comes out into orbit is very iconic. I lost my shit when I saw it because yeah. it's, do you know the name of that, uh, the ship? No. It's called the Slave One. Ooh, yeah. problematic. Yeah. It is, as we later learn, it is Boba Fett's ship. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, what happened? Mando goes down and he encounters... A gentleman in robes who has, like, this dope-ass staff on his back and shit. And, like, uh, I think he originally shoots at him a couple times just to be like, hey, uh, I'm here. And then him and Mando come face-to-face. And then uh, the gentleman is like, "Uh, you best give me that armor that you have. I've been tracking you down. Um, And then he's like, or what? Like, I'll shoot you both down right here. 
or he's like, I'll shoot you right here. And the guy's like, no, no, no. I have a sniper up yonder and she's going to kill that little thingy up on the rock up there. So, um, yeah, he shoots at him. We reveal like right away that again, that actor Tamora Morris is the actor who played Django Fett in the original or the, the sequels like episode two and everything. Um, he's also (laughs) basically the, template for all the clones all like the pre stormtroopers before stormtroopers were a thing um and we saw him at the very first episode of this season that was like when i was like you sure you didn't see a guy at the end he's revealed very briefly at the end of episode uh one in season two like you can see like the his like back he's got the staffs and like the gun and everything um the sniper that we see she is from episode uh, season one she is actually left for dead and like we're like to assume like oh like she died at the end of episode that that season or like that episode that that was happening but she comes back we then kind of reveal in her episode there was a masked figure who basically like just walked over her like lifeless body at the end of that episode we now know that's boba fett the guy she's with right now she like goes he patched me up and reveals i've never seen this before her like stomach is all robotic so like, as he saved her, he like, she must've been, I think she was shot in the stomach. And so like first time in star Wars, we've seen like robot hands and robot legs. I've never seen the robot insides before where she just yeah. reveals she's like opened up and everything. Yeah. So it's like basically like a reunion. Both uh, Mando knows her because like he hunted for her in season one for a little bit. Like she had like some lines and she had a whole episode basically. Um, and he, Mando still doesn't know who that, guy is but yeah. obviously to the audience it's, it's boba fett like yeah the big bounty hunter from the original series survived the sarlacc pit it's awesome to see him um he has a little quip where he says mando's basically like that armor isn't yours or like who are you something goes i'm just a simple man making my way through the universe that's Boba's yeah taken directly from his father jango fett in episode two obi-wan confronts jango fett um and goes like who are you? And he goes, I'm just a simple man making my way through the universe. Like that's same quote. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, it's like a little meetup. And I think at that point, that's when stormtroopers come in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think if I remember, yeah. Okay. So stormtroopers come in and they're like, Oh shit. Like, um, and Mando goes back up to the, the top and then that's when he encounters the force field and he like yeah. tries to go get baby Yoda and it's just like bang. And Mando's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then meanwhile, he, he keeps trying to try. <laughs> and then the other two are like holding them off. And then Boba goes and gets his armor. Um, yeah. And then, so then Mando comes back down and they're like kind of trapped a little bit. And then Boba comes out of nowhere and just, absolutely obliterates before boba like has like the armor reveal like fennec was like fucking those people up she's like rocks over she's sniping people yo she had that she had that car with the quick scope she was she was on rust yeah dude uh boba before he gets the armor is like i love it hasn't happened too often live action he's bashing people and stormtroopers helmets are cracking and everything that also that like staff thing was sick so that is a staff that we've seen a lot, but it's only used by Tusken Raiders, the Sand People, 
yeah. from that from the first episode. So it's Thank like you. Boba's been stuck on Tatooine with the Sand People for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, swings that thing like he, that's fucking. He's Barry Bonds. He's yes. like, yo, here's a hundred mile an hour fastball. He, he's like the bear Jew, like batter yeah. up, cracking <laughs> skulls, dude. Yeah. Like, let's go fucking deep dong. Um, we do have a reveal. There's a stormtrooper in yellow. He's a, yeah. like, a mortar. That has never been seen before. That's, like, brand new. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah. Um, but they have, like, mortar, and then they have a machine gunner. That was, and that's the Asian girl just, like, kicks a rock down the hill. And yeah. they're all like, oh, how, I, I can't get out of the way of this thing. Um, and he just, like, shoots the rock, and then it kills him. Boba comes back in the armor, which is, like, the big, like, heroic, like, reveal, because he hasn't been in that armor in, like, 30-some-odd years. Yeah. In the timeline. Um, the coolest thing is... There's a buff. Yeah. Coolest thing is, well, it went through a Sarlacc pit, which is, like, acid and shit. It could use a buff. He steps, and out of his knee shoots rockets. Yeah. That scares the stormtroopers, like, shitless, because after he does the knee rockets, he, they, like, take off. They're yeah, like, they're okay, like, I'm out. <laughs> like, it wasn't Fennec Shan rolling a boulder down the room. It wasn't Mando being like like Superman taking all the bullets. It was Boba with knee rockets. They're like, I don't know about that choreography. <laughs> that seems a little bit too out there. I, yeah, knee, knee rockets now? They got <laughs> knee rockets? I'm out. And then, yeah, so then uh, they fly away and he fucking uh, just like launches a backpack rocket yeah. and takes down both the ships. That and was very, like, uh, nice shot. And he goes, I was aiming for the other one. That was very um, Rise of Skywalker, episode nine, because in Rise of Skywalker, there's a, a part where stormtroopers kidnap Chewbacca and it's Adam, it's uh, Kylo Ren and Ray like fighting over uh, the ship that has Chewbacca and it taking off. And like, uh, they electrify the ship and it blows up and hits another ship. It's like a bit like the similar thing, but a lightning instead of rocket. But yeah, he has the cool line like I was aiming for the other one. Yeah, and then uh, so then all of a sudden we see like a, a laser come out of the just the clouds, and then all of a sudden Mando's ship blows up, and he's right. like, ah. Oh. The the episode's name was the tragedy, and yeah. to be honest, the tragedy that was the tragedy. That was the fucking tragedy. Yeah. Seeing the razor crest blow up. I was I am very, very close to buying and spending two hundred dollars on the Lego <laughs> Like that shit is I I love the starships and Star Wars and the Razor Crest is up there being like one of the best. Yeah. It's like Millennium Falcon level. Yeah. Um so then uh it cuts like up to the ship and the uh the old like ominous black guy is like Giancarlo, yeah moff gideon yeah moff gideon is like have we deployed the uh dark troopers and they're like not yet but i will and then it's just it's just a bunch of iron men yeah but this is it's big in the lore because the dark troopers were yeah. never seen in any sort of like cartoon or anything they've been in a, a book no a comic book uh not a comic book i'm sorry a uh, video game so it's like it's really cool that they're bringing a video game shit into but i swear to god uh john favreau just fucking recycled some old iron man shit from like iron man 2 and was like yo here we go yeah. baby but um, um, they go down and they grab baby yoda baby yoda's done with the whole seance 
and he's just sort of laying on the, he just takes a nap on the rock. Yeah. Very irresponsible of baby Yoda. If yeah. we're being honest with each other, um, I don't want to victim shame here, but it's kind of his own fault. He was asking for it. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, Mando's like, ah, and he like almost gets there, but then he doesn't. And then he's like, oh shit, man. And then um, he's like picking through the rubble of his ship and he finds the little ball that mm-hmm. he baby Yoda loves. And then he finds the spear from the last planet they were at. Um, and then they cut to baby Yoda mm-hmm. up in the, uh, sh- the empire ship. Oh no, no, no. What we forgot was that, uh, Boba chases, he gets in the ship and yeah. chases the dark troopers up. And then he's like, he's, He's he's about to shoot him down, and then Mando's like, "No, yeah. we need the child." And then so uh, that is um, a, like a good point where, because for a lot of the universe, they don't know that the Empire is back. Basically, like they're like, "Oh, the Death Star blew up. Darth Vader, uh, Emperor's gone," and it's been very like few people here and there that have been like, "I still believe in the Empire. I still follow her and everything." And they're like, "Fuck you! Like this is a free universe, the Republic, whatever." And that's the first time that Boba's like, "Holy shit, the Empire's back!" Like, yeah. And he's—it's been like thirty years since he's seen anything. He's like, "What the fuck?" Um, not thirty years, a couple years, but um, yeah. He they, he comes back down actually, and that when Mando picks up the ball and the um, the spear, he has like a little like Easter eggy moment with with Boba Fett where Boba Fett actually like brings up what's called like the chain yeah, yeah, yeah. chain report. And yeah. It shows, he shows him like, Hey, like this it's is like my the, armor. I think they call it the chain encryption. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and it's like, Hey, this is my armor. Look, my name's right here. My father's name is here. Cause it's his armor. So we learn a, a lot from this little thing as like star Wars, like nerds and that he's the green. Like, ar- yeah. He's Go like, ahead. Oh shit. He's a foundling. And then he's like, Oh yeah. 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 So, Boba Fett has the green armor. We learn that the armor that he has is his dad's armor. So he, we learn that he had a, re, a paint job, basically, because Jango Fett's armor was blue in episode yeah. two. So it's a big, big reveal. He also said it shows, like, Jango's mentor, not his father, so that we learn that Jango was a foundling like Mando. So it's a whole thing. Like, that's, like, big in the Mandalorian, like, story points and like plot progression and like character development that Mando wasn't a Mandalorian by birth. He was just taken in like an orphanage and same with like baby Yoda, basically like baby Yoda is a foundling as well. Yeah. Like baby Yoda could put on the helmet and be like, I'm a Mandalorian, even though I'm like two feet tall. Um, so that's where Jango Boba and, um, Mando have like in common. Um, and it shows that, it, he basically, it got retconned like a while back in like the Clone War episodes. There's a Mandalorian character, a true birth Mandalorian that's like, oh, Jango, he's talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like, oh, Jango Fett wasn't a real Mandalorian. He was like, uh, he like stole that armor or something. But now they're retconning or basically glossing over the fact that that episode, that little character said that and showing like, no, Jango and Boba are true Mandalorians because they're foundlings. Yeah. The whole thing. But it's like for the for the nerds that were like unsure of like, oh, is Django and Boba are they real Mandalorians? Were they like, did they steal the armor? What happened? Are they real? Whatever. Um, but yeah. So then yeah, cut to on top of the Empire ship with uh, 
Baby Yoda's fucking up some stormtroopers in like a holding cell. Yeah, and uh, he, I already forget. Um, Moff the, Gideon. Moff Gideon um, is like, he like pulls out his lightsaber and Baby Yoda's like, ha 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 ha, what is that? Yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 not yet. And then one of the stormtroopers puts Baby Yoda, he's basically just like teasing Baby Yoda and he's like, all that makes you very tired. Um, like, you better take a nap now. And then one of the stormtroopers puts him to sh- sleep and he's like, yo, shackle that motherfucker. Yeah, and, and then, gives him the world's smallest handcuffs. <laughs> it's actually just like two very tiny zip ties. Yeah. Um, yeah, the episode ends there. Um, there's probably like some sort of like understanding like that Moff Gideon knows like this is the first time Baby Yoda's probably seen a lightsaber besides the Sokotanos in a long time. Yeah. Um, so, um, or maybe y- Baby Yoda like knows why that lightsaber, why the dark saber that Moff Gideon has is so important. But um, I think going off from here, the end of the episode also ends where Mando goes back to meet with Cara Dune, the white chick. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, he goes, uh, I need you to find someone for me. Did you see who she pulled up on the computer? Uh, no, I didn't. It's Bill Burr. Is it really? Yeah, he's a Let's character. Oh, yeah. So next episode, we're probably going to get a whole episode where Mando is like bringing together a group of like the people from this past season. A of saucy boys. Yes, a bunch of saucy boys. <laughs> and Bill Burr's one of them. Bill Burr, last time we saw, was locked up on, like, a prison barge yeah. because Mando, like, tricked him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, his name's Mayf- Mayfield. He's yeah. cool. He's got two two pistols, and then he has a robot arm that comes out of his back that shoots the third one. Fuck yeah, dude. He's, he's, he's a riot. I also just, I whenever that chick is in an episode, just, I love it. I have such a crush on that chick. Yeah. Uh, Gina Carano. Yeah. I got to follow her on Instagram, I think. Yeah. No, she's... So, I think, yeah, next episode's going to be Gina Carano, probably Grief Carga, Carl Weathers. Um, I don't think we're going to get Ahsoka again, but we probably will see Boba and Fennec Shan again next episode. And when they break out Mayfield, I don't know if they'll, like, spend the entire episode trying to break out Bill Burr's character, or if it's, like, ten minutes of breaking it out and breaking him out. And then the rest are like them tracking down where baby Yoda and Moff Gideon are. Cause the last episode is definitely going to be like, it could be Mando fighting Moff Gideon or it could be Ahsoka fighting Moff Gideon or I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think we're in to see. Yes. And speaking of tuning in, we appreciate all of our listeners. It's the holiday yes. season. It's giving. We appreciate all of the listeners tuning in to the Trolling Stone podcast. Um, please uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow Duncan, BasedCat69 on Twitch. He seems pretty preoccupied. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Huh. Someone just called me from West Newbury. Oh. Said huh? nothing and hung up. Bye. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Annyeong. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being a bad friend. No. Um, Annyeong. Annyeong. Uh, that, this, yeah. We uh, follow us on Instagram, Trongstone Podcast. Duncan on Twitch, the Based Cat 69 All the things. Just, yeah. we're going to, 
just we're gonna keep doing us mm. are we gonna reveal what could be coming in two weeks so we'll we'll drop a little teaser we have some plans for a big time don't go into like what we plan to do but just maybe what yeah yeah, yeah. we have a we have a big plan we're gonna do a uh, very special episode not for christmas because christmas is stupid and it's a capitalist holiday that was created um, by the patriarchy back in the early days of our country. By the um, big wigs of Wall Street. Precisely. Um, instead, we will be doing a very special Festivus extravaganza. Mm. Um, we will save the um, festivities for that episode. Yes. Um, so we, we do have an episode in between this one and the Festivus episode. Yes. Um, but prepare yourselves um, for a very loud uh, yeah. Festivus. There's going to be a lot of yelling. Yeah, a lot of yelling. A lot of I, cussing. I find tinsel distracting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. We are going to, I'm going to find a metal pole to probably put in my butt. I don't think that's what Frank Costanza wanted, but to each their own. Hey, it is, I am able to interpret Festivus the way I want to interpret it. Well, folks, this has been the fucking Trollenstone podcast. It's been Jackson. Keep it sleazy, and I'm out. Peace out, you cool cats and kittens. <laughs>